We're live. Oh, it's all cut up. God damn it. Why? What's up, guys? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Screencast. One day, maybe, kind of, sort of, we will get this right. I'm Tim Geddes, as always, joined by Kevin Coelho, Nick Scarpino, Joey Noel. We are all, in fact, the movie bros. How does that feel? Oh, that sounds great. I'm going to say this, yeah. though, in defense, of, in defense of what we're doing right now obviously we're up against it we're in we're in shelter in place this is week mm-hmm. 99 mm-hmm. and to be fair we didn't get it right when we were in our studio either just throwing that out that there. is true there that were moments curse of screencast that is it's the <laughs> never, curse of all kind of funny content for, for we, always, we, we just bite off more than we can chew with every single thing that's why people love us it's, that's it's why. just that people change things constantly why is discord constantly changing the way it sets up its cameras where it's like because. i had everything set up last week and of course, now the arrangement for whatever reason slightly different. All eyes are on them right now, man. They're just adding shit. They, they got that money flowing through. Finally, for the first time in their life, Discord's yeah, making Discord a is, dollar. Is a, is a big <laughs> thing. Discord is that, free. It works totally <laughs> well. This is the kind of funny cool. screencast each and every week, right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We talk about all the biggest news and all the things, our opinions on movies, TV, <laughs> streaming services, all that stuff. You can watch it live on Twitch. You can watch it later on YouTube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com you can also listen to it as a podcast just search for kind of funny screencast on your favorite podcast service and we'll be right there for you uh you can get the show ad free by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers muhammad muhammad justin topped das bear jew blackjack and jared brown did uh we love and respect all of them you the shit um, what is that you the shit Oh, you are the shit. You are the yeah. shit. <laughs> you say new shit. And I was like, what? what's new? Oh, what's going it, on? You were that's it from Nick. Oh, man. I'll tell you what's new, guys. The Venom title. Let's get right into the oh, new Let's do it. Did you hear about this, Nick? I saw I saw it pop up uh, on one of the on one of the fucking thousands of feeds that of, of headlines that I read, but I don't read the article. Of course, of course. Not much here. It was just a, a teaser trailer for Venom. Let There Be Carnage is yeah. the name of this. Mm. Uh, in theaters now, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Um, uh, a pretty pretty substantial delay from its original October date of this year. Um, this is one of those weird delays where I can't say I'm surprised, but I am surprised that they didn't announce this alongside the Morbius delay and all that other stuff. Like I feel like this is kind of a a more underlying thing of seeing a lot of people realize like fuck even by. October this year, we're probably not going to be in a place to be able to see movies in theaters. So everyone's just kind of like, let's just totally get into next year. Push it all back. I feel like a lot of these studios have are just so triaging all of the stuff and just looking at 2020 as just a complete wash. Just a big old big old smack of red on their ledger, if you know what I'm talking about. And it sucks. It does suck because (laughs) even talking about money (laughs) at this point, at this point, I would actually willingly go and be very excited to see a second Venom movie. I'd be excited to see any movie uh, in the the movie theater and and smell popcorn again and drink just a gigantic Diet Coke. Um, Also, can we just talk about that title for a second? Let there be carnage, man. We can talk about it for more than a second. It's it's kind of a dope title. Here's my thing. I'm super, super into it because it it is it implies a tone of understanding that this is just fucking pure nineties trash. And I'm like, good. That's what these Venom movies should be. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Not saying it's a good movie. Not saying you can compare it to MCU or any of the things that we like. What Rotten Tomato score would you give this one, Tim? 
I don't I don't know. I need some I need some comparisons of like what good things would be. But like I don't know, maybe uh Ron Tomatoes of like a uh, 58 no it's too generous this is a 40 high 30 movie we were talking about this right before the show started so that's why i'm bringing it up it's a 29 no way there you go there you go but it has an audience score of 80 no see that that's that's not that's not a there you go tim that is a people being up there and being like what everyone's saying it's bad i'm gonna go in there and put it a good score because it's not that bad Cool. Yeah, right. You can't trust Rotten Tomatoes. But what was the what was the critic score on that? Twenty nine. No, it's better than that. It's better than a twenty nine. It really isn't. It really. Remember the part where he's like, I don't, I I don't, and then he got in the fish tank. I was like, there you go. And he's like, oh, eat this lobster. Fucking memorable. It stuck out in my brain. No, that's not a good thing. It's not memorable because it's cool. You know what we remember from Die Hard? What happened in Spider Man Three? I think there was some sand when they find the body, and it's like, oh, it says it's got a gun. You know, yeah, look, those are thing. cool things. Again, not fucking good. And I'm not saying it's anywhere near good. It's just more of a thing where I'm like, I, I would rather have these these things are happening. And I feel like having a thing called Let There Be Carnage is better than it being Maximum Carnage. Save Maximum Carnage. There's a chance that this movie can be decent. There really is. Everything going into it right now, Woody Harrelson, I like him a lot. He doesn't have the wig, so we don't need to worry about that. The director of this movie, let's do it. I feel like I like he could actually pull some good shit out of this, right? The wig worked though, man. I'm just saying right now, the it wig did not work. <laughs> the wig did not work. Had like, <laughs> second, I was like, are they remaking Annie for the next one? What is happening with this wig? Uh, God damn. God bless Woody Harrelson. He's a national treasure, and if coronavirus takes him, I'm done. God damn. Uh, wow. Yeah, I I really I feel like this is good because this could potentially lead to and again, there's a lot of ifs and there's a lot of hopeful things here, but I want to be hopeful here. We need something to look forward to, but I'm hoping this could lead to a Sony Spider-Man movie that's called Spider-Man Maximum Carnage that is then Tom Holland with them kind of a sequel to this and a sequel to stuff that's not necessarily taking the place of the homecoming trilogy, if not more than trilogy, but Still more just Spider-Man shit. I fucking like Spider-Man. We're not getting Venom in the MCU proper anytime soon. So, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, but, like, it sucks because I feel like one of the reasons we're not getting Venom in the MCU proper is because this movie made so much money. And it's like, had this movie, the first one, had the first one flopped and been like, okay, if you're going to keep making bad movies from, you know, this IP that you guys own, they're not going to make money. Stop. Sell the IP back to Disney. Make a chunk of money there. But, like, that's... Why would they do that if they're making a ton of money off these shit that's movies? The thing. Here's but my here's thing, the- though. If they did make money. This is the reality we're living in. And we already know that Michael Keaton as Vulture is in this universe. So to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, let's just hope this is good and double down on wanting a Sinister Six movie that's good. The thing we I have to they can get there. And a maximum car. We might get a maximum fucking Carnage movie. And it could be good. The thing we have to remember is that they made five Transformers movies <laughs> before they before one of them started to lose money five of those movies one they were like there's no way this series is going to be great and guess what michael bay was like oh yeah well then i'm going to make it even worse every single time the movies come out did i just watch three again oh all i'm saying is sorry did you watch it again this week no i mean i watched it like i'm but um venom at least better than most of the transformers movies but i mean to kevin's point how many of these how many venoms can you make before people go i just i don't need that especially when you've got MCU movies coming out next year. The MCU movies are going to come out pretty much one a week, right? <laughs> now we're that's what so I'm great. saying is like it. I re- I want to be hopeful that Venom One made a lot of money, right? 
Spider-Man, there's all this shit between is it Sony, is it MCU? They're already working together in a way that is unprecedented that we haven't seen before. It almost fell apart. I feel like the moment that the Venom and Sony side actually starts getting good, then Sony and Marvel and Disney can partner together. And the moment Kevin Feige is actually giving real input on these movies, then we're going to be in an okay place. And it's like, that's the thing is we need to hope for that outcome. Because yeah, but you're still- I would say that there is a, a large percentage chance of the pie that that happens. Probably a third. Maybe. Maybe, but I mean, I, I feel I like, I feel like once, once Kevin, when Feige gets to the point where he can actually control stuff, the ship will have already, like the train will have already left the station and we'll be left with so much bad, like Kevin That's Feige is an, an, is an amazing human being and he's a, a very, very good executive producer and basically like overseer of all of this stuff. But it's largely because he got to be able, he was able to shift that or shape that stuff in its infancy stage. I don't believe that he could walk into the the DC universe right now and be like, I'm going to wave a magic wand and and make this amazing without completely destroying everything and building it back from the ground up. So I do. I don't think it's that dire with the Sony side. I think Venom was a perfectly serviceable, fun popcorn film that absolutely didn't need to happen. But you give me four more of those, and I, and I, I, if I were Kevin Feige, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. like, I mean, let's let's not forget the fact that he was. There were those rumors. Granted, they were just rumors that they were like, please fucking take over Star Wars, and he was like, no, I do not want this shit. This is a fucking shitstorm right now. But that's There's yeah. No that's my thing. Is like we went from the from Dark World to Ragnarok. We've just had Venom. So much Venom Two could be a great movie, and then all of a sudden, none of these things are problems anymore. I think that I think that's a very good correlation. I think that's a great comparison because again, Venom, like for as much shit as I give it, the reason I give Venom so much shit is I just didn't think it needed to happen, or if it did need to happen, it needed to happen the right way, which was in the MCU. Um, and and like, yeah, granted, we're we're not that far along, but give it two more movies, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to touch this thing with a ten foot pole. Um, next up, more movie delays of the superhero variety. Let's talk about some DC shifting and shuffling, baby. Um, the Batman has officially been delayed from June 25th, 2021 to October 1st, 2021. Um, once again, 2021 about to be fucking banging. It's going to be movies. insane. It's gonna we're going to be doing fucking five interviews a week. Uh, 2021 is going to be the opposite, the, like the complete opposite of this, except I, I wonder how many times people will actually feel they can go to movies. Like well, how long is it going to be until people actually feel like they can go back? My ass, I'm getting back immediately. I just really hope <laughs> that 2021 is a banger, but that doesn't mean the 2022 is just going to just fall flat and like not have anything because of all the production <laughs> delays. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll get through this together. But yeah, Batman the Batman delayed from June 25th to October 1st, um, which changes some DCEU slate stuff as well. So the Flash and Shazam 2, the long in production Flash feature that I can't believe is still happening, um, has been given a new release date of June 2nd, 2022 uh, from uh, from his previous, wait, a normal push up. Hold on. Interesting. Got pushed up? Yeah. It was uh, originally oh, to be make August room for 1st. The Batman? No, because we're talking 2022 now. Mm. So it's going from August 1st, 2022 to June uh, 2nd, 2022. And Shazam's now going um, November 2022 instead of April 2022. So that one did get that pushed back. So cool. Hmm. Whatever. This is the world we live in. I was telling uh, Kevin and Joey right before we started this. It's like they were asking like what we got going on today. I was like, there's a lot of news and most of it's good. And I was like, it's funny that I say that because it's like the Batman got delayed. But that doesn't seem like bad news anymore. It just seems inevitable. And like, oh, here's an update. You know, I'm actually here. My thing with that is, I mean, granted, it's getting delayed for because they can't nothing because of all the pushback. But I'm like, Matt Reeves, take your time. Mm-hmm. Take your time with this one. 
get, we need a good battle. We need, we, we need it to be win. amazing. We know I we're not going to make it to the so. Super Bowl, but we just want to make it to the playoffs on this one. Just get <laughs> us to the playoffs. Let's see just a winning record on this one, okay? Um, then some more uh, WB stuff for you. So uh, WB officially delays Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights movie. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, getting delayed, but it was indefinitely. Now we actually have a new date which is June 18th, 2021, delayed from June 26th, 2020. So a full year. Another full year one. But yeah. that mm-hmm. but I, I feel like it's going to be a fun sense. summer movie. Yeah. But <clears throat> it will be a fun summer movie. But here, ladies and gentlemen, is where we start to get to the real issues of 2021. Oh, no. Um, is that the John Wick date? No. It's uh, potentially worse for In the Heights. In the Heights will now open up against an untitled Pixar movie. And... Oh. And... It'll be forced to compete with the second weekend of Jurassic Park Dominion. No, that's gonna get clobbered. So, yeah, that's, that's you basically you just covered basically like that that Venn diagram Parents. of people that are going to those are yeah you're screwed. And like I mean, in the Heights is probably it's a little bit more of a mature movie for I would imagine people in their twenties and thirties. But I, I think it's gonna I be a teen gonna... movie. This is gonna be a big. I, I think that there's a old... Venn diagram of you want to see two out of those three movies, like any given person. That's probably. fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess yeah. that was or the you point have that I was sloppily making. Kids, like it's, yeah. it's either parents in like I want to say like up to like late thirties or teens as like early as I'd say like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. So the one interesting thing that they're still fucking committing to. Is Tenet, July seventeenth. What? They've re they've reiterated the Wonder Woman delay. Um, and they're saying that as of now they're still feeling good about August. But yeah, July seventeenth, they're sticking to Nolan's Tenet. <laughs> Fuck no yeah. Way. You know no what? Way. I'm I'm going. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if London Breed and Gavin Newsom and fucking all the other governors band together and form a line in front of me. I will see Tenet that first day. Unless I deem that it's dangerous, in which case I will not go. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is, that is how that is how much of a rebel I am, Tim. If I, Gavin Newsom himself were standing in front of me, I'd say, "Sir, sir, respectfully, please don't have me killed. Please move out of the side." And if he was like, "It's dangerous," I'd be like, "You're absolutely right. I'm gonna listen to you." Like, go okay, home. cool. I'll go yeah, home. I'll go home. <laughs> Nick, um, if, then, if you want to go, I'll go with you. I don't care. We'll break. Would you go together. with me? Yeah, let's go. Like I, okay. 100% that movie looks movie. so fucking dope, <laughs> and it it's, looks so. It's insane. Cool. We, we have three months, and yeah, right, three months. Mm-hmm. No, two months. You said it was July. You said July seventeenth. Yeah, and July, like, yeah, come on, months. just move it. Stop fucking just trying to. Fucking really, move they want to be the first big movie out of out of uh, the. I mean, if that if that works, it's going to be but very 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 they, beneficial for them but it's i don't not gonna I just, work there's no yeah, the way the problem is i i feel well, like here's the thing when they like, start already it. they've said that uh when theaters come back it, it's going to be at like half capacity yeah i was gonna say yeah. so it's like that's like official like that's just how things are gonna be so it's but, like you can't do that with tenant no but i feel like there's a lot of states also that are that are toying around the idea of having a rollout of like things are going to come back online throughout the months right so essential services are, are still online you're going to, as people are allowed to go back to work, there's still going to be some regulations that are stopping that. And I doubt that movie theaters are going to but, be like top on the list of shit that they can open up. I also think that an important thing to remember is those are probably not the big states. You know, the states with the the the, the biggest number in population, like California, oh, yeah, is 10% sure. of the United States sure. population. So you have to imagine we Fuck get yeah, a we lot are. more theater seats. <laughs> Fucking Nick. I love it. No, just, I'm proud about it too, just, Nick. I was proud about it too. Pride. Fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> Uh, we're a small state, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. us. 
<laughs> and that's not even counting the illegals. So no, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You know, um, they're in, the illegals are here. They're in our heart. So sure. uh, moving on from this conversation, uh, sticking with the WB stuff, though, uh, this is this is a fun thing. This is some good news. Scoob coming straight to VOD, um, nice. missing missing its theatrical release. And they're like, fuck it. We're putting it out. And uh, I've been reading some interesting articles talking about how like this all this pandemic stuff, like when we get out on the other end, it might fundamentally change uh, what how people how Hollywood makes movies and what actually comes to theaters and what doesn't. Um, or if there's just simultaneous releases for things like Trolls and Scoob, because Trolls, uh, for all the numbers that they've been putting out, has been a major success. It is one of the highest paid digital things of all time, if not the That's number crazy. one. Crazy. That's of, cool though. So, Parents are yeah. really desperate to get their kids something new to watch. Dude, I saw I saw a parent in the, in the <laughs> park the other day. And they were just like staring off into the space as their child played with a tree. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, this is what we're coming to. He was just like hitting a tree with a stick. And I was like, this is fucking sad. And I was like, I won't go. I would like play with this kid if it wasn't just weird on so many levels. God. Um, The idea of you going to hang out with a little kid because you think that they're too lonely is terrifying. No, there was literally a kid. The kid was like, he started asking me questions about stuff. And I was like, I, I, kid, I can't. I can't. I can't. You're not mine. You're not mine. You're not mine. Scoob will be available for a 48-hour rental for the newly adopted industry standard of 1999. But in an expensive twist, the film will be available to buy for $24.99, five dollars more than Universal's Trolls World Tour, as well as The Hunt, Invisible Man, and WB's own The Way Back. Something interesting here, Joey. I feel like you're you're like three for three right now on these. Well, I guess you haven't seen Trolls, but you did see The Hunt, Invisible Man, and The Way Back. It's true. Well, Invisible Man, we didn't. We saw it rent, I guess. Yeah. Still, but, I'm, I'm saying your 2020 new release track record is pretty on point. Pretty good. And I think I slacked you or I texted you and or maybe I just talked to you guys like, I want to rent Scoob when it comes out. It looks cute. <laughs> if you buy Scoob, we will watch it. In this I will movie. 100% buy Scoob. Okay. I'm in then. Trolls? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. We'll what? leave that up to, to I like the style. I like the style of the Scooby-Doo. I would watch yeah. this. Can I remote men? Can you guys just turn the screen over? Let me watch it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just I'll laugh just like two seconds you. later than everyone else. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to HBO Max. Uh, they finally announced their launch date and revealed a bunch of trailers for their original series. Um, launch date being May 27th. So we're coming up on that about a month away. Uh, they talked about what's coming day one. Titles include the scripted comedy Love Life starring Anna Kendrick. Sundance 2020 official selection featured documentary On the Record. Underground ballroom dance competition series Legendary. Um, Looney Tunes cartoons. Uh, the Not Too Late Show with Elmo. So a little bit of stuff for you know adults, for kids, for this, for that. Um, HBO Max is a hard thing for me to be excited about, but it's something that we're all going to get and have. Mm-hmm. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like. It, it's such a no-brainer where it's like, cool, the price is right. It is just a thing we all already are, pay for in some sense. Are we all going to get it? Are you guys – like, Nick, do you think you're going to get this? HBO Max? Yeah. Probably not okay. because I still have HBO through my Comcast. As you guys know, my wife and Comcast have been in aggressive negotiations <laughs> for seven months, which somehow got us the IFC channel, which is the best channel on the planet. Um, is it no, better I mean, than the Alaska – wildlife shows you've been watching you're right you know i misspoke (laughs) it's it's on par with that actually i would say probably the national geographic channel is a little bit better but um i don't know i mean that's the point like hbo max does seem like they're 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 they've just walked to the kitchen opened the fridge and been like what do we have in here that we could throw into a stew 
And the number one ingredient is HBO, obviously. That's why everyone's going to get it. You're right. It's a good price point. You're getting a lot of additional content. But I wonder how much of that stuff people really care about versus the, or the, the HBO lineup of like premium shows and movies. Uh, a question for you, Nick. Does someone in your household have AT&T as a provider, cell phone provider? Uh, yeah, actually. I think you might. Do you I get think, it? I think you get it for a year. Oh, cool. Okay. Nick, well, Tim. then, yeah. Well, for sure, try it if it's free. I don't know. Okay. I think that that's like I, I saw an, uh, a, a headline yesterday that was like <clears> that. millions are going to get a, uh, HBO Max for free for a year. That would be a smart call yeah. on their part. It's similar to how Apple is baking that in with any like you buy any Apple product, you get that Apple Plus for for free for a year, right? That trial membership that we did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's cool. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a smart way to get people on board. And again, I love HBO. I stand by HBO. I just the stuff that you just listed doesn't necessarily speak to me. But if you're going to get HBO, you might as well. You might as well get this. Everything else, why not? Yeah, right? it's it's a it's a funny thing where this reminds me a lot actually of the Xbox One in the last two three years, where it's like they they kind of just are understanding it's going to be really confusing right now. And they have Xbox Game Pass, and they have the Xbox One, and they have the S, and they have the X, and it's like very confusing ecosystem. But they're gearing up for next gen being like this clear thing where it's going to be just one thing you get it, and you have all of the services. I think that right now this is really confusing because WB was in a place that wasn't strategized and organized to be able to have one streaming service. So we have things like DC streaming service and HBO and oh, yeah. HBO Go, and HBO Max, HBO blah, 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 blah. So it's like, I think that right now it's like, they're going to launch with this and it's going to be like, cool. And over, I would say within the next year, it'll consolidate down and then it'll make a lot of sense. And it's like, oh, I have HBO Max. And that's all there is. It's, but it's such an interesting strategy that this is like, this is Warner Brothers streaming platform. And Warner Brothers is a very, very well-known brand. But they chose to call this HBO Max, which is so telling as to how powerful, like how important that HBO branding is to them. Because well, I don't think people would have signed up for like, I mean, this is I'd love to see how a service like Peacock, for instance, ends up netting out. Like how many people do they get with? Because I because if you saw Peacock, you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, it's NBC. Streaming. <clears throat> OK, I guess that makes sense. Why would not they just call it NBC streaming or like CBS, like CBS All Access? But I don't know how well they're doing either. There's too many streaming platforms. I feel like uh, Peacock, like that, we won't actually be able to understand the real numbers because I feel like Peacock is definitely going to get a higher push because of what's going on right now. Um, also, with HBO, like people pay for HBO already. Like everyone already associates that with a paid subscription. So I feel sure. like just calling it WB, like you know, like that's a free channel. That that's one of the nationally like available channels over like the air oh yeah it's basic cable yeah yeah so it for is sure. one of those things like everyone like, gets yeah, it for free absolutely people don't want to pay for things that they've gotten for free forever and i feel like that to me seems like a one of the reasons why they would call it hbo max because like you already know that like that's a service you pay that, like is a premium thing yeah yes yeah, smart very true very true uh, moving on to the Disney Plus side of things, uh, we got a bunch of Star Wars news here. Uh, a Star Wars series from Russian doll co-creator Leslie Headland works at Disney Plus. A uh, new Star Wars series in the works. Variety has learned from sources the series hails from uh, Leslie Headland. Have you guys seen Russian Doll on Netflix? That's the one with yeah. Natasha. Um, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I saw one episode of it and I was like, wow, this show's really good. And my wife was like, cool, you're watching the last episode. And I was like, damn, no. I was like, you gotta tell me these things before. I watched it for 20 minutes. I was like, this show's really cool. And she's like, you're watching the last episode of it. And it ended, I was like, oh, that was was deep. 
She's like, you think how much deeper it would have been if you watched the other seven episodes? It, that show, I have enjoyed it a lot, but it is like, I don't know, it bummed me out a lot, too. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I only uh, watched the first episode, but and then I was like, meh. But style-wise, it. it's really, really cool. And so mm-hmm. if they were doing something like that with the Star Wars universe, I mean, like, or take that vibe, rather, and, and apply it to, like, sci-fi or Star Wars, that could be really fun. Details of the exact plot of the series are being kept under wraps, but sources <laughs> say it will be a female-centric series that takes place in a different part of the Star Wars timeline than other projects. Um, she is said to be attached to write and serve as showrunner in the series, with the show currently staffing up. Disney didn't reply to anyone for a comment on this. Um, but... Headland was uh, also directed multiple episodes of Russian Doll. The show was nominated for 13 Emmy Awards its first season, ultimately winning three. She ban- began her career writing and directing seven deadly plays, blah, blah, blah. So, cool. This cool. sounds awesome. More Star Wars stuff. More Disney Plus stuff, really, is actually the exciting thing for me there. Yeah. Um, look, definitely ready for some more original content. Um, and we're getting a lot more of it. Mandalorian Season 3, already in the works at Disney Plus. I'm uh, sorry. Did I miss season two? Did that come out already? <laughs> no, they just uh, they're just. Am I not oblivious that season two dropped and I didn't know it? Uh, we just started pre-production and looking into further adventures for Mandalorian in season three. We're working on all that stuff. To me, this is just really good news because it's like, cool. There's a plan. Like that's all Star Wars needs, and definitely Disney. It's like I'd, I'd rather know that they're working on a season three than have them do season two and have it be a maybe. Will they? Won't they? Like, cool. I let's fucking go with that because last thing I want is it to just kind of just be this meandering thing. Yeah, they need. You're absolutely right. They need to have a concerted effort and a plan for this because I feel like that. The, I feel like the the brand warrants that. And to me, that was that that was sort of a little bit of my disappointment with Mandalorian the season one was that it just felt very. It felt thin. It felt like they were like, hey, we're just going to kind of make this world and exist in it. And I know a lot of people vibed with that. For me, I wanted more. I wanted more of a story progression quicker. And so the fact that they're they know they're going into season three, hopefully will give Dave Filoni and the team a little bit more leeway to get deeper, bring some of the other characters back and have a little bit more more meat on the bone for this for the show. Um, And then more Mandalorian stuff. We talked about this, I think, last week, but the Disney Gallery, the Mandalorian uh, documentary series is going to start coming out May 4th um, alongside the Clone Wars series finale. And by the way, the screencast on we're going to do a special screencast on May 4th. That is, uh, I don't know who exactly is going to be on it yet, but it's going to be a Clone Wars final season spoiler cast review. So everyone get hyped, prep for that. Um, Just know that it's coming. Uh, It's cool that they're releasing it on that day, even though they typically don't release on Mondays. But the trailer for the Mandalorian uh, Disney Gallery documentary series came out yesterday. And holy shit, I'm in. It looks looks cool. So freaking cool. It's two minutes of kind of everything we were talking about wanting to see from... Just, you know, the different direct, like seeing Taika Waititi talk about stuff is always fucking fun and yeah, always yeah. awesome. It's just a blessing. Um, <laughs> but but beyond that, it, it's so much going into the tech of the video walls and video ceilings and all this stuff. And I'm just like, this is so cool. They do a lot of cuts from the scene we in the show and it'll like AV cut between what the actual filming looked like mm-hmm. versus the thing. It's super tight. Um, but the one thing that sold me more than I already was was Taika being there looking around talking about IG-11 and how hyped up him and Favreau were about having a droid that looked like IG-88. And they're like, here's the thing, though. IG-11 was made from the props of the cantina scene in A New Hope. Really? And I'm like, that's fucking cool. And then they, <laughs> they, cool. Cut, and they, they show like all these weird pipes and stuff in the cantina, and then it cuts to IG-11 and it's him. And I'm like, this is so fucking cool. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like uh, that. That's going to start on, on May 4th. So cool stuff coming, guys. Uh, more renewals of seasons. Westworld renewed for a fourth season. Any of you guys watching uh, season three right now? Of Westworld? You know, I watched an episode of it, and I'm not, I think it was episode three. And it was, um, it was just on, and I'm like, oh, just I'll watch this scene for a couple seconds because it was, it happened to be like the beginning of like an action scene where there was a shootout, and I'm like, you know what, this show, the, the episode that I watched was pretty good, and I, I, I remember very distinctly not liking season two, so I'm, I was thinking, I was toying around with the idea of just jumping into Westworld season three, like watching a recap of two, and then just jumping into three because it's a totally different show right now. It's like out in the world, people are doing stuff, Aaron Breaking Bad dudes in it. Uh, I I saw a lot of a neg- uh, I saw there was it seemed like on Twitter there was a negative reaction to uh, this season getting season four getting announced. I really just hate it. I saw a bunch <clears throat> of people tweeting like, "Hmm, I feel like could have stopped." Yeah, yeah. Man, talk about talk about a show that I mean, and you know me, I always think that my opinion is the one that's the majority, and then Tim always reminds me that I'm totally not. But talk about a show <laughs> that like season one of Westworld is freaking great. It is so good, and then season two came out, and man, they just they just dropped the ball completely with that. So I don't know. Hey, did you watch season two? I so watched. I'm the gonna, I'm first gonna read three episodes of season two, and I was like, I this is so fucking boring. It's so slow. They keep flashing back to stuff. It's very confusing. Whereas like season one was this unbelievably like sharp and 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 like very well thought out uh, uh, first season with cool twists and mystery. You're like, what the fuck's going on here? Um, season two starts, and you're like, okay, this feels like. This feels like it's just dragging like crazy. I'm going to read uh, Matt Goldberg over at Collider's take on uh, Westworld renewed for a fourth season. The third season of Westworld started out fairly strong uh, by leaving the park and introducing new characters. But as the show has lurched into its fifth and sixth episodes of its eight episode season, it's clear that the showrunners have no idea how to manage the nuts and bolts storytelling to serve their big ideas about free will, predestination, privacy and data. But the show must go on because it's IP and HBO needs IP. HBO has announced that they've renewed Westworld for a fourth season, which is pretty funny when you consider that the show had a pilot ordered in 2013. It's been on the air since 2016, and in all that time, they produced a grand total of 28 episodes. If Westworld was a show that proved it was worth the wait, that might be something, but Westworld's constantly stumbled over its own storytelling conventions and constantly sacrificed character at the altar of trying to outwit the viewer. Even as the third scene is pulled back on trying to confuse the audience with time jumps, they've still lost sight of their characters and what their arcs are supposed to be. So, okay, I guess, yeah, okay, that's a good observation. People don't seem stoked about this. Damage that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, like, that that sucks, but, you know, it's, uh, like, I feel like the, the last season of Game of Thrones kind of, like, scares me with HBO and long-running shows where it's, like, I really hope that they start making shows where, like, they kind of understand where the series is going to go unless it's like you know a comedy or something like you know i mean avenue five is not a good example but if like someone had an idea like for avenue five because i i didn't enjoy the first episode of avenue five but like that silicon valley yeah well but even that silicon valley i felt like had a conclusion i didn't love it but i also thought it was great (laughs) it's one of those where it's you know (laughs) it was yeah it was very it breaks your heart but it's also like okay they either planned this from the beginning or they figured it out and they were like, this is what we're going to do. No, they and, figured it out. Yeah, they did not plan it. <laughs> but they got there, though. Yeah, they got there. And, like, that's what I'm saying. I, like, I hope that they that HBO is prioritizing, like, making intelligent decisions like that and having 
ends to shows or at least arcs that they want to build out because it you know i i feel like with uh, game of thrones we they had to speed to an end because the the writers or not writers but the showrunners were like all right we're done and that sucks um so then moving on to some news that i don't think any us personally care about hunger games prequel movie officially in the works uh, it's official hunger games prequel movies happening ever since Lionsgate. Four movie adaptation of Suzanne Collins' best selling book trilogy. There's been talk of some sort of continuation. Uh, the movie's made over three billion at the box office, so you don't want to leave that type of money on the table. Uh, when Collins announced she had written a prequel book called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, it was only a matter of time until a feature film adaptation was put into motion, and now it is. Huh. Cool. What was that? What cool. was that third line that you said? <clears throat> it's you don't want to leave that kind of money on the table. Mm-hmm. This is. And this is a money grab. I mean, we don't yeah. need a prequel to Hunger Games at all. When they broke the series itself, is it gonna, was, the, I wonder, is it like the first Hunger Games? Are they doing like the Burge thing? I mean, I'm sure we could find out what the storyline is online. I know. That's what I'm looking up. But uh, it, when they broke up the, and like this happened when every like major franchise realized, oh shit, we're running out of books. Let's break the books up into two movies. Um, for the for the last one, the was it Catch Fire? They did part one and part two. Halt and Catch Fire or something like no, that. No, that's yeah. a show. But um, okay. <laughs> uh, it just, like, these movies, like, I did anyone see the second to last? I, I saw all of them, I think. You saw, the, the like, the last, the part two? Yeah, one? where they, like, raid the town and, like, there's all sorts of booby traps and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> all sorts of booby traps. I mean, oh, I, so the thing is, like, the movies are, it's a dumb, like, young adult movie series, but... I mean, it's slightly elevated by the fact that they got uh, Jennifer Lawrence to be the lead and Woody Harrelson to be in it. They had Philip Seymour Hoffman before he passed away. Like uh, uh, Donald Sutherland. Like, yeah, they have great, great actors in these roles. But man, they are just—they're just not that. They're just not well written, and the, and which sucks because the concept's really cool. Like yeah. the con—if you—if you put like, if this movie was not skewed toward young adults and didn't have all the ridiculous like love triangle stuff in it and it was actually like a movie starring like adults made by like Paul Verhoeven this could have been one of the coolest like sci-fi franchises ever made but you know it is what it is it started off I remember watching the last one being like this is relatively entertaining it's I want to see how this ends they're like they're not in the I mean the first one is the Hunger Games the second one they figure out a reason for her to go back to the Hunger Games and then the third one is like I'm not going to the Hunger Games anymore I'm just it's not war. doing the Hunger Games anymore <laughs> yeah I'm just I just refuse to go to the Hunger Games Something we are probably it's no, all, it's no Maze Runner, or at least most of oh, us. Oh my gosh! It's no Maze Runner. It's no Maze Runner. Uh, this book is about the uh snow guy, the like dictatory whatever the president guy, right? Yeah, there we go. Um, it's like him Becoming... being a mentor when he of a district when he was younger. Interesting. That's an interesting side story, I guess. But like, the, out of people... all the characters, I don't know that I really. That's the thing with the prequels. You have you have to find some angle that's not that doesn't revolve around Katniss because you already know how her story ends. So it's like you yeah. can't use really any of these other characters because we we've seen it. Like, what are you going to do? Go twenty years in their past and show them like picking daisies in the rose garden somewhere? So I don't know. Yeah, like, it has at to least be with it, like, relating like, to the greater world. Well, you know, and the Game of Thrones people realize that. That's why they're like, we have to set this thing so far in the past that people are not. It's not going to have those lasting ramifications into what's happening. Um, in the current world, although I don't know, I don't know. I, I we'll feel like with, with Game of Thrones, the idea of showing the um, the usurpers' war, whatever it was called, I think that could have been done well, especially because 
just because people are saying something went out the way it did doesn't mean that that's the way it actually happened. And we mm-hmm. saw that with Ned and, and you know, the killing of What's-His-Face. Sure. Yeah. Uh, a movie announcement that I am much more excited about. Sony developing film based on One Punch Man. Uh, Scott, <laughs> Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner are set to write a live-action film adap- adaptation of the worldwide hit manga series One Punch Man. I, I'm going to tell you something right now. Tell me, Nate. I, I'm going to tell you this. You're not going to fucking do it justice. Go watch season one of One Punch Man. That's all you got to fucking do, everyone. Here's I'm going to save you the $20 movie ticket and the $15 popcorn and the $10 fucking soda. Just go to crunchyroll.com or whatever, wherever it's playing and just watch season one because it's so fucking perfect. Did you ever watch two? I did not. I did not yeah, watch I did not. two. I did not either. Yeah. It didn't get, I, I know that it didn't get the critical reception that season one got because I think a lot of people were put off by the fact that it wasn't the original creator coming back to it. But uh, I don't have an opinion on it personally. I haven't watched it yet. But Wait. I just think season one was so unique and so fucking cool. Wait, it really is. Was it not the same like creative team? I thought that they just changed the animation process because it was taking way too long. Oh, that I don't know. I just remember reading a story a long time ago saying like they didn't get the original creator back to write the story. I think it was someone else, but I could be wrong. Interesting. If, if it is the original team, I should definitely watch it because have you guys all seen One Punch Man? No, yeah, I've seen it's season so- one. Very it's enjoyable. so good. Very it's fun. so good. It, it's basically a lot, a big commentary on like the ridiculousness of like how culture views heroes. It's it's really really fun. Yeah, also, I, feel, to that I, guy. I don't expect this to be a good movie, but I do think you can condense season one into a two hour film that like gets all the the points across and like yeah, probably is really 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 good. But we'll see. The thing about it though, the thing about it is it, it it's so reliant on them building that tension for every enemy to come and beat him. And in that silly gimmick, you start getting a really interesting like deep commentary on 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 how the other how all the bad guys and all the other characters feel lesser because this one character is so powerful and then how yeah. he's depressed because of that. And I think that the the, the power of the story is you see that progress through those episodes. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you capture that in a two a two hour experience. I'm sure there's a way, but man, they're just not going to be able to get so much of it relies so heavily on how they animated it too, with just the, yeah. that silliness of like that character looking dope, just so dopey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing though. Like, so I, I feel I feel like like how what I would want from this is a kind of mix between a Scott Pilgrim Speed Racer uh, Alita Battle Angel. Take all those and apply One Punch Man to that. Yeah, like it needs yeah. to be over the top stylized. You need to have the anime like flash frames and all that stuff. And I think it could it could work. But yeah, you need the dopey face. You got to have it. That's Moving on to some Netflix news for you. Um, just some updates here on the Haunting of Blind Manor, which is follow up to Haunting of Pill House. And I want it. Our friend Rahul Kohli. Um, someone tweeted at the showrunner saying how series two of The Haunting coming along will it be delayed into next year. And his response was going great. Still on schedule. We wrapped before the shutdown and post-production is carrying on from home. The show is shaping up wonderfully. I'm thrilled with it at the moment. No reason to think it'll be pushed. Netflix will announce the release date when they're ready. So cool. I feel like that'd be a great thing to release. Yeah. Soon. Give me. Yeah. I wonder if they hold it for Halloween though. Like. That's when it came out last first season, right? Yeah, I think. But so. at this point, there is no Halloween. Hey, man, they're still going to be Halloween because I have to scary movies. You know exactly. What I mean? I'm going to dress up, <clears throat> yeah. and I'm going to mainline 
uh, uh, peanut butter cups like I do every year. Okay. All right, man, I was really worried what was, the next word was there. Uh, yeah, have you guys seen? A, did any of you guys finish watching Haunting of Hells? No, I didn't. I have like um, two episodes left. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. I got scared. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> but like some crazy shit happens in the fourth episode, I think, where you find out that who like this. It just it's it's so cool. Y'all should watch it. Um, more Netflix stuff. 23 Hours to Kill trailer reveals Jerry Seinfeld's first comedy special in 22 years. Oh. Um, they put a trailer out. I will say it looks horrible. It's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> it, so It's a uh, James Bond spoof. Okay. And there is way too much footage. Oh. Uh-oh. We lost Joe. Bye, Joe. There's way too much footage of the like weird parody sketches that they're doing and i'm just like oh, oh no this is a but this we'll is see. an interesting thing that people that i forget who um i think it was jenny slate uh who was if you remember her she's done a couple movies and she got famously kicked off of saturday night live for saying the f word a bunch of times um but she released a special very similar to this where it was like 30 minutes of stand-up and 30 minutes of like a quasi documentary with her parents and i'm like i what saw the that fuck i didn't like that at all no. no, because it's you can definitely see she was like, I have a solid hour of material. And then she did it and she was like, Okay, I have a solid 30 minutes of material. Let's balance this out by telling the story of my parents. And it's like, oh my God, no, we don't need that at all. Yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy that special much. Um but yeah, this trailer I I I found it pretty difficult to watch. Um, but I'm definitely in for this. I'm going to watch it for sure. I'm going to watch shit out of it. But like the thing with Seinfeld's humor is you have to just put yourself in that like that special Seinfeldian place where you know it's not going to be. It's going to be what's the deal with oranges? That that that's just Seinfeld. He's never he has had that style for 40 years. He's not going to evolve beyond that. Yeah. So I guess the like thing it. there is like I'm okay. Though. I'm okay with that. It's I just like don't, it. don't add that to bad youtube sketches of james bond parodies <laughs> i mean that's where everyone's going man because you know what doing, doing an going. hour doing an hour is hard you know it's not hard hiring a bunch of writers to write <clears> sketches. <throat> it's, true it's so interesting because i didn't watch the trailer but i watched the like you uh the youtube supercut that netflix put out of all the stuff that they're launching in may and they didn't have any of that part they just had they just advertised it as the seinfeld yeah good hopefully that's the majority of it and this trailer is just misleading I'm sure. Um, more Netflix stuff, just to put it out there. Netflix has added 15.8 million new subscribers amid the pandemic. Smashing projections. So streaming services doing doing very well out here in this world. Um, what else do we got here? Apple TV announces Fraggle Rock reboot series. So Yay. For everyone out there, that's, I'm sure someone's excited. I'm excited it's excited. happening. I'm not necessarily going to watch it. What is Fraggle but, yeah. Rock? It was like a Fraggle kid Rock's, show. A Jim like a Henson's puppet. music-based uh, puppet. We we talked about it very, yeah. very briefly early, but the not-so-late show with uh, Elmo. Have you guys, has anyone seen a still from that? No. Oh, man. It's <laughs> Elmo sitting at a desk in a suit. <laughs> it looks, like, that just that going? one image looks great. <laughs> I feel so, like that could be amazing or could wear thin very quickly. I, yeah, I wonder what it's actually going to be. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. But it so, looks cute as hell. I I want to move on to a little segment here that I just want to call fun stuff. Fun All right. Stuff. So this is just this is news that's not maybe really news, but it's cool shit. Uh fun stuff number one is some fun James Gunn stuff. Ooh. Uh James Gunn posts new Meredith Quill Guardians of the Galaxy mixtape to Spotify. 
He says, today I added Meredith Quill's complete awesome mix to my Spotify account for you to enjoy. This is part of the list of songs Meredith Quill loved that I chose the songs for uh, Guardians Shit. 1 and 2. Uh, some of these songs, right now. I know, some of these songs almost phone. made it into the movie, uh, like the song She's Gone, and others always wanted to use but could never find the right place to use them. Whatever the case, I never intended on sharing these songs as I might use them in the future, but I think the need for all of us to have some joy uh, in our lives in these difficult times outweighs all of that. So, hey, that's some fun stuff. James that's Gunn. really that's cool. really awesome. That's Good really job. awesome. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole playlist of it. It is super freaking cool. Tim, do you think it's on Tidal? Uh, <laughs> well, no, but you can import the playlist to Spotify. <laughs> I mean, it's from Spotify to Tidal. I don't know how to do that. Can you walk me through it? No. I've got my phone um, here. More fun stuff. <laughs> uh, this is some community fun stuff, some Joe Russo community fun stuff. Joe Russo believes there will be a community movie. This is in no way news. This is just him saying he thinks it's going to happen. I feel like he he like he's believed this for a really really long time. In fact, it's a joke on Community, right? Six seasons in a movie. In a movie. Yeah. But here's the deal. I'm going to read some quotes here. Uh, we'd certainly be willing to do it. We love our community family. That cast. We're all still very close to all of them. It'd certainly be scheduled depending on us. Uh, for all of us, but I believe there will be a community movie, especially now that it's doing so well on streaming. Someone like a Netflix could step up and make that movie. So an interesting note here is, mm. I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple weeks ago, Hulu and Netflix announced that they they partnered and were like, fuck it, we both get community. So community is now on both streaming no, I services. I don't remember that. That's wild. I don't know. <laughs> what cool. the fuck? Yeah, so it's it's out now on both services, and it's awesome. We I've been watch, re-watching season one a bit. Um and it, I, I think that that is like so teeing this up for success of like this is the time get it on as many platforms as possible like let's get the because this show's so eyes freaking on good it, yeah. yeah so yeah. I think Joe Russo might be oh, onto man. something the here. show's so good for like three seasons. Then he says, I don't think you'd want to see it with a really big budget. Part of what is so compelling about the show is that it's very quaint. It's Greendale as an underdog. I don't think you'd want to suddenly execute it with crazy high production value and set design, unless we're going somewhere fantastical or doing one of our genre exploration concepts. But I think you'd easily pull that movie off on a very small budget. And yeah, so then he just you know keeps going into more detail and stuff. But like, this is the type of thing, this is how you will shit into Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> can you imagine being so big? That you just go on an interview and like tell people, hey man, I want to make this movie and it's going to be really cheap. It's going to be so cheap. You know what I mean, guys? <laughs> it's going to be cheap. We're just and, you waiting know, for someone to pick it up. Yeah. I feel like Netflix would be a great person to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like- well, they're, well, they're also like, like, what, what's, what, how cheap is cheap? Well, they're like, well, Joel McHale is doing episodes of Tiger King right now. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure we could get him for nothing. Well, then there's Donald Glover. We'll see. Oh, I thought it was that motherfucker. And then the final bit of fun stuff here is some fun James Bond stuff. Carrie uh, Fukunaga pitched a version of No Time to Die that took place in uh, mostly inside Bond's head. So here's, here's the quote there for this. Uh, I swear to God, I had an idea that this movie could all be taking inside the villain's lair from the last film. There's this scene in Spectre where a needle goes into Bond's head, which is supposed to make him forget everything. And then he miraculously escapes by a watch bomb. And then he and Leah blow up the place and go on to save the day. It didn't do I was anything, like, remember, guys? I was like, what if everything up until the end of Act 2 is all inside his head? Obviously, they didn't go with that, but I like that that's how they were, they were probably like, you do know you're making a James Bond movie, right? Like, <laughs> this, this movie is largely just to sell Omega watches. Can we just, we got, he's got to wear four watches. That's it. He's got to wear four watches. <laughs> he's just got two watches on each side, different time zones, done. So, so that's, all, that's all the fun. fun that's stuff. cool. 
I mean, again, I, what I love about that, obviously, it's silly, and, and there's no way they would have gone for that. But what I love is that Kerry Fukunaga is kind of thinking outside of the box. And I think that's the kind of perspective that once you kind of pare that down, gets you True Detective Season 1, right? Mm-hmm. It gets you uh, Sin Nombre. It gets you the cool, these really, really well-made art pieces. And if he can at all bring any of that to the Bond series, I think you're going to see the best Bond movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, the last three news stories are, are pretty quick ones uh, that are kind of more just headlines to read. But Amazon's new South by Southwest lineup uh, shows Hollywood's lack of interest in online festivals. Uh, I was on the episode where you guys were talking about the online film festival stuff, but mm-hmm. um, it, it it happened and it totally failed. Um, yeah. only, I feel only, like I didn't even hear yeah, about I, it happening. I didn't, I didn't realize it was happening. Yeah, the only 39 titles uh, were part of it. And of that, only seven of them were actually films. Um, and a lot of them were stuff that's already available on like Amazon Prime and stuff. And uh, a lot of the directors of the program kind of like did quotes and reading between the lines of the quotes. It's very clear. It's like, oh, this just simply didn't work. This didn't work. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, yeah, when that's we read crazy. the story, it hasn't even started yet. Yeah. So. Oh wait, it hasn't started yet. <laughs> No, but I think they're saying it's failed from like lack oh, of buy-in. Yeah. There's like, yeah, they're like we have seven movies. <laughs> like, fuck. Nick, can we put um, "Waiting for the Punchline" on there? Sure can, sure can. I don't have the rights to it, but I have an, um, a private Vimeo link that I can just send out to them. <laughs> okay, all right. So I'm yeah. sure Amazon would. I'm sure Jeff Bezos is willing to do that. I'll call up Jeff and see what happens. Okay. Um, and then keeping going on with the ongoing stuff, MC theaters, AMC. Sorry. AMC theaters sued by Florida landlord for not paying rent. Oh, um, it begins, guys. It begins. So that's all you need to know. And then the final news story of the day: NBC Universal's Fandango makes purchase of Voodoo from Walmart. What? So Walmart owned Voodoo and okay. has been kind of going down this direction the last couple of years. The fault Walmart is pretty early on in the like we're going to be big in the streaming side of things, and now mm-hmm. they're backing out of it. They're like. Too many of the big dogs are in here. They're they're doing. We got the HBO. Yeah. We got I mean, that. We got brick and mortar. We're selling guns and ammo. It's good. It's cool. We're, yeah, we're going that route, <laughs> doubling down. So we're they selling fucking mega pop tart packs and, and rifles. Which they, is they've like, sold. Dude, yeah, mega they've pop sold sounds fun. Sounds fun. They sold Voodoo to Fandango, which is owned by NBC Universal. So mm-hmm. Fandango gained a lot of power here. The thing that's most interesting to me about this is that Vudu is the highest quality streaming service there is. It's the best place to watch 4K digital content. And it is kind of the best, in my opinion, library streaming service where you can kind of buy movies anywhere. From anything, you know, yeah. Anywhere service and then import them into it. So if you correct me if I'm wrong, if you buy on Amazon, but then you have it in. Yes, in Vudu. Vudu. And it also yeah. works in iTunes, the opposite direction. Google. Where you buy yeah. it in Voodoo and you can watch it on Amazon. Not for every title, but for a lot of them. Yeah, that's cool. Really so, do that. so Voodoo's great. And yeah. also it, it does have like really, really, really high bit rate streaming and like all that stuff. So that stuff's cool. But what's fucking awesome about this is Fandango has the exclusive rights to IMAX yep. VOD content. So I'm hoping what this means is that now the Voodoo content will be allowed to have IMAX stuff, which would mean that hopefully finally we can get a release of infinity war and endgame in full imax full screen and that would be freaking rad that'd be insane especially that so, would be insane uh, theater that could uh <clears throat> watch that so yeah it's getting real handy hopefully that all happens um but that is so far away if i wanted to know what was sponsoring this episode kevin where would i look uh on the dock <laughs> 
Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know that ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, but there's something that you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Uh, Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. So you can actually use ExpressVPN to uh, make your IP think that it's coming from somewhere else and allow you to access the libraries of other territories, Netflix content, Hulu content, whatever it is. Uh, A really cool feature of this is there's an ESPN documentary series going on right now called The Last Dance that is the the Michael Jordan thing. And Andy's really hyped about it. And we didn't have access to it, but it's available on Netflix and other territories. So we can use ExpressVPN to tell our Netflix Go check that out. Next thing you know, we get to watch content that we don't have access to. If you love anime, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. A lot. Uh, It's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it, you're good. There's hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason that you should use ExpressVPN to watch shows is that it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD, no problem. Uh, It's also compatible with all your devices. You don't need to worry about uh, anything. If you visit the link right now at expressvpn.com slash morning, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. It's going to be really useful right now. Uh, you can support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash morning. One more time, that is expressvpn.com slash morning. What you guys been watching? Ooh, I've been talking about this. I'm talking about this show. I've been talking about this. Nobody mm-hmm. believes me. <clears throat> just okay. we finished Bosch, the last season of Bosch. And I don't know if I talked about it last week, but I'm going to talk about it again. It's so good. The, every <laughs> season of the show is so good. It is a cool modern day detective noir like show set in L.A. homicide, like Hollywood homicide. It's fucking great. The, main, the-, the main character is Titus Welliver. He's great. And the cat, Lance Reddick is in it as well. It's great. Uh, sorry, was that the last season, like the most current season, or the end, like the series end? series finale? Oh, it's not the series finale. No, oh, okay, okay. So it's just yeah, the yeah, latest season. Know. Interesting. Yeah, I just watched. How seasons. many seasons are there? I want to say six or seven. Oh, six. Cool. I think there's six seasons so far. Um, I think I want to say eight to ten episodes per. Uh, cast is great, and it's just if you like like LA cop stories that are like you know, there's that. politics that are involved. He's always beefing with like the chief of police. The mayor doesn't like him, but it's a very realistic sort of like gritty take on all that. Um, it's, I think you guys would really like this. Joe, I think you'd really like it a lot. This and is definitely my vibe. The- and it sounds a lot better than like the trashy, like kind of procedural cop. Yeah, this is it's the, every every season. It's it's based on a book series by Michael Connelly, uh, done by this the 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 his main character is uh, is Bosch, uh, who is this detective. You know, plays by his own rules, ex military, all this stuff, yada yada yada. But what I like about the show is that the books sound very cliche and very cheesy, but the show brings an element of style to it that I think is really 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 well done. And again, the cast I can't be understated. The uh, the guy that plays. You know Lance Reddick. You know who that guy is. Mm-hmm. The guy who he was yeah. the yeah he plays the kind of concierge in John Wick. Mm-hmm. He's a main character in this. I like him a lot. It's really 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 cool. And just I'm a sucker for L.A. detective stories. When I say detective, Seriously? I mean like police Dreamy? detective stories. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon Prime oh, show. Perfect. Yeah. Add it to your list, people. Okay. <laughs> um, I uh, finally <clears throat> finished season three of. Um, 
Ozark. Ozark. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you think? oh my God! My what did you think? God. All right. <laughs> Holy shit, Tim. Uh, yeah. I want to say by the 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 last episode. I mean, the season was phenomenal, but the last episode there was so much tension, and you're like, "Is this the end of the series? Like, is it just gonna end here? I'm not gonna Google anything because I want to see where it's going." Because like it could very well end in a way where it's like, oh, it's just over. That, that was that was the yeah. story. That's how it ends. Awesome. So it was just literally me sitting there, and up until the last two minutes, you don't know. It is just like okay, it's very they're going very, on this yeah. thing, and it's like what's gonna happen, and then, God, what good television that has been. I yeah, if you like, if you like show enough. shows like Breaking Bad, Kevin's spot on. You got to watch this. I saw a reviewer that was like. That was like, would you ever consider watching all of Ozark again? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Dude, I, I just redid it because we did that the last three yeah. weeks, and it's it's crazy because it's, it's it's each I think each episode's around forty to to an hour, and mm-hmm. um, the there's only ten episodes per season. There might even be less for one of the seasons, but like it is not something you can binge. <laughs> Right. Where it's like you you can binge it, but it's not like normally something like this I could do in a weekend, maybe a week. But it took me three weeks just because it's so heavy, and you just have to be like, yeah. All right, let me just breathe and take a little bit of a break on this. Yeah, and it's the, it's the kind of show that you watch and you start having dreams about like, uh, am I selling drugs? Like, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> like cops are coming out to you. Yeah. How is Marty gonna get out of this one? Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I watched one more thing of note. Um, Prince Jackson hit me up and asked me if I had watched the platform and recommended it once more. What did you think? Oh, fuck, I meant to do that. Oh, man. The platform is just all kinds of horrible, fucked up, like mind trippy. It's a really but worth heady watching? movie. Oh, my God. I think it's so worth watching. Okay. I enjoyed the I'm watch watch it. It. Um, it's. I remember Part it being. Hours. No, I think it's a little short. It might be 140. Let me cool. double check. That's a magic number for me. Even better. Uh, it, it, I remember when I was watching, I was like, oh, that's not super long. Um, but it's, it, I watched the dub version because we were doing stuff while we were watching it. It was uh, like we were focused on it. Yeah, it's 134. Um, like we were paying attention, but it, like we, we were too tired to read subtitles. I, we started watching it at, uh, I want to say it was 11. So we finished around 1230 ish. Um, and. I was very, very in- entertained the entire time. And then when it finished, we were like, what does that mean? Like, do you want to watch? <laughs> like, you want do you want to look up? But, like, in a good way. It wasn't where it was like, what the fuck does that mean? You know? It yeah. was like, what do smarter people think is going on <laughs> there? Let's no. go to YouTube and see a couple explanation videos to see, like, how close we're to the mark. And like we, watched, well, how like, does this compare to like Horse Girl? Because I feel like that's the only other recent one I've kind of felt similarly about. Uh, I like it more than Horse Girl, but I also liked Horse Girl. Was that the Alison Brie movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like trip. it's on par of like it's a trippy movie. There's more going on in Horse Girl because it's, I mean, like this is literally a platform and they're in a room. Um, and that's all it is, you know? It's like there's very few interactions with other... Well, there's it's not a huge cast. Um, where Horse Girl had kind of like you're meeting more people and I feel like there was more interactions. This is more... Limited. A mind trip, limited. You know, mm. for the most part, you're seeing like maybe six or seven people. It, uh, I really, really recommend it. And I feel like the dub's also 
really well done and wasn't like weird or distracting. Hmm. I'm definitely watching it's it, Doug. On my that list, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Good job, Prince. Great recommendation. <laughs> Joe. Um, I know you guys talked about this on the podcast, but we watched all of Too Hot to Handle over the weekend. Oh, oh dude, I just started that too. It's so, a can, lot. What's your, what's your take on it? <laughs> it is. So we've only seen episode one. We stopped because I was okay. like, I want to watch the platform because I hear it's good and I want to like have something like to actually talk about. But uh, I'm in. Like, these are the most <laughs> fucking vapid people in the goddamn world, and it's on purpose. Like, Paul was like, I don't know, this seems like it's worse than The Bachelor. And I was like, yeah, baby, but those people oh, are is. pretending that they're falling in love. These people seems like they were just told, hey, do you want to go on an island and fuck? Like, I want to know oh, what yeah. the prompt is that they, they were like, what the they thought the show was going to be about. Cause like that's what it was. Th- yeah. Really? That <laughs> legit. They the prompt for the reality. I was reading interviews with it. The yeah. prompt that they got was, "You're gonna just go to be an Instagram star, a hot Instagram star that fucks people." Like it's just it's gonna be a reality thing. There was not. It's not competition. It's whatever. It's just you hot people on an island fucking. <laughs> wow. Now I yeah. want you guys to understand something, and this is how much you all mean to me as a group, and how much I want to be in the overall discussion of both our team and the mainstream populace. I sat my wife down and we watched the trailer under the like the 1% possibility that she was going to be like, we could watch this. And she just looked at me. That was it. That's the response I got. It watch, was just a look of like trickery to watch in one episode. Why we'll would see, you think we'll I would see how much this. her tone changes? I'm the thing you. is, she watches, she loves reality, like kind of trashy reality television. This is the, most, this is the, these people are proud of how stupid they are. I'll tell you this. I watched like, the preview. Like, I'm and one really dumb. The preview where the guy goes up and kisses the girl blindfolded, and he does like that. You see the little tongue. I was like, okay, that was that was Nick. That was please, something. Please just watch one episode for me. Okay. I just want I want a Nick Scarpino review of episode one. Okay, deal. I'll watch it. I'll watch it for next week. But uh, I mean, we'll episode one is gonna hook you because all these like <laughs> there's they're not fucking around. All they want to do they're on there and like, hey man, I'm ready to fuck. I'm probably gonna fuck that guy first. And it's just like what? It's awesome. These people are so like it's they're just wild. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we we ended up watching it in one day, which is uh <laughs> shocking to say the least. It was hard yeah. to stop watching. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, like they've just set up the rules and these people do not like the rules. No. <laughs> not stoked on it. Oh, that's fucking great. Um anything else, Joe? Um, no, I've been watching a lot of like really trash stuff. Like I watched the Mary Kate and Ashley movies last night that are on Hulu that I found. I watched 911, which continues to be the best worst TV show ever where they just Is that, is that the one with Angela Bassett? Yeah. It's yeah. so good and so bad at the same time of like it's just outlandish of like, oh yeah, the first story we're opening with is this girl that's really sad because her boyfriend broke up with her. She's laying on the couch being sad and then a meteor falls from the sky and goes straight through her and through the couch and they have to figure out how to help her. It's just like, I don't... Wait, they have to figure out how to help her? Yeah, like the the paramedics and stuff like that. A meteorite punched through her? Yeah, because she had a weighted blanket on her and that was like, I don't know, help... or No, the meteor like cauterized all the wounds because it was hot and from space. I don't know. And that's just the opening. That's not even like the crazy like main part of the episode where they're in a tunnel filled with this really crazy gas and they have to stop 
it before it explodes. I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird show. I'm going to tell you, it does get, I don't know if it's a stamp of approval, but John Drake also watches this. So there's like a level of no. entertainment. No. <laughs> Wait, I spaced out for a second. What show is this? Nine called 911. I always get that one confused with the one that Jennifer Love Hewitt was on where she was like an That's opera. also the same show. Oh, it's the same show? So it's got yeah. Angela Bassett, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and the guy from Six Feet Under, right? Yeah. Uh, and Parenthood. And Parenthood, yeah. yeah. Wait, the I main mean, guy? shit. One of yeah. the main guys. Not not the guy that got cancer and came back from it and had a good movie career. It's the other guy that's career went nowhere after. Uh, I mean, didn't go nowhere. He just went to 911 apparently right. after Six Feet Under. No, he did Parenthood, and Parenthood was so good. Peter some, Peter Krause? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, Peter Krause. That's his name. I think I like the other guy. I'm good. Uh, He's a really good So, actor. yeah. And then I started watching, or I tried rewatching or jumping back into Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and I think it's bad. Yeah. And so I don't know why. I think it just auto plays in the background and I just don't stop it. But I, Joey, have, I come to the you, conclusion it's bad. Have you watched Shrill? N- uh, I watched like one episode and I did not like it. You did not, you did not like it? I did not like it. Oh, I don't like her. Like okay. She's yeah, from not, SNL, right? Yeah, she's from SNL. D started watching it. I think she likes it. But yeah, yeah. I watched the first episode it? and I was like, oh, I don't know. Well, it's not, it doesn't speak to me. It's, it's more of like, I don't really like stories about young people trying to make their way in the world. I already went through that and failed. So I don't really need to necessarily live through it again. But apparently it's like a more realistic girls. Yeah, I was about like, to say, okay. it gave me girl girls vibes. It yeah. seemed like Before a I... nicer girl, like a girls in a world that's like fair. I, I... Well, girls in a world where they're not, they're not all incredibly rich and privileged. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But like, don't that's, you? Isn't that the point of watching girls? It's like it's kind of this like fantasy thing. Hey, like, that's sex why in the I like watching yeah. Sex in the City because I was like, I this is a fun take on like, yeah, it's, it's more fantasy and it's supposed to be a little silly and like and 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 uh, hyperbolic. But I don't know. I never watched Girls. I think I watched again like the last episode of Girls. That's fun. <laughs> I watched I the last in. season of Girls. Did you? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I watched random episodes throughout the series. I really do not like her. Like every time I'd be like. Wait, what's happening? Paul would tell me, and I'd be like, ah, fuck this show. <laughs> I, I will say this. For as much shit as I gave that show from just what I mean, you know me. I, I like to sit on the sidelines, have zero context, and just make fun of Adam Driver uh, and Lena Dunham. But I watched that last episode, and I was like, you know what? This show is not as vapid and dumb as I thought it was going to be. I could, I understood why people uh, liked it and why people like why, why it vibed with people after just that one episode. But guess what? You guys, if you just jump in the last episode – Get it all. I haven't been watching too much besides the normal stuff for interview and, and all that shit, but uh, I did watch The Wizard a couple nights ago. You the did. Fred Savage 1989 classic. And let me tell you, man, it is every bit as good as you remember it being, which is, you know, not a great movie, Mediocre? but it's definitely, it's a damn fun late 80s, early 90s kids movie. <laughs> it's not as much of a Nintendo commercial as I remember it being, which bums me out because I wanted a lot more. But the end uh, is really hard, it, Nintendo commercial, right? They, like that well, scene where the girl's like, oh my god, he's using the, the, the pipes to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's moments for sure, yeah. but uh, God, it's also moment. it's equally a Universal Studios. No, wait, wait, was it... She, he's using the cloud to like advance to a different world or something, right? the warp whistle. Oh, warp whistle, yeah. that's it. Something that like, just, no one it's had any way though, they could know. It was great. I love Tim, it. It was super Tim, fun. Let me let me let me take a walk with me real quick. Okay, mm-hmm. back in the late '90s, maybe early 2000s, the Yankees had a closing pitcher called Mariano Rivera, who was one of the most feared closers on the planet. And every single time he came up, people were like, "Whatever, the game's over. He's done. 
if, if we're winning the game, if we're losing the game, it doesn't matter. He would come in, close it out, one inning, two innings, just strike everyone out. We were done. That is the equivalent to Fred Savage. You don't put Fred Savage in a movie unless you want it to be a success, okay? Before before Fred Savage was in The Princess Bride, it was just a story about those big rats running, running around the fucking the forest. <laughs> That's all they had. That's all they had. Fred Savage came in and said, put in Peter, put in Columbo, put in Carrie Elways, put in Robin Wright Penn, now just Robin Wright, and we're, we, got, we got ourselves a story. Done. Yeah. Fred Savage. Great in this movie. The Savage. The, they used to call him the Savage. Savage. Name, Corey. Thought that was a fun, weird little... Corey was such Corey's such a fucking 80s name. Everyone everyone you get that though, Nick? Corey? I mean no. It's Ben Savage's name in Boy Meets World. Oh, that was his that was the character's name? I thought it was based on Corey Hank, Corey Coleman, of course. The two Corys. The two Corys. Jesus. What are you doing, Apollo? Cecil's just scratching his his ear and trying to bite his foot. Yep. Now he's young. I love when Kevin cuts out. It's always at the perfect time. <laughs> what? <laughs> the last thing I want to leave. So here, here's the deal, guys. Actually, I um, the Patreon question for this week. I don't know what we asked because there's like no responses. <laughs> so Jeremy Z just says, I didn't want to close my eyes. I didn't want to fall asleep because I loved it, baby. And I didn't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Did you ask high. about Armageddon? So I may have. So I may have asked that about was it. Armageddon. That, now I remember. It was, what do we think about Armageddon? Armageddon. Be specific. <laughs> and uh, we only got one response. Great. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, don't, great, maybe don't <laughs> let me pick the Patreon questions from now on. I feel like we also, oh, wait, it wasn't available to stream everywhere. Anywhere, right? Like that was because we were like, oh, you can stream it. Then I looked no, into it. And I was like, oh, I no, made you a can't mistake. see it anywhere. I thought it was on Netflix. I think it's on HBO. That's the problem. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't have HBO. You're not going to be able to get it. I, so I, the question uh, I want to put out for, for next week is um, what are your thoughts about Lil Dicky's show, Dave, on FX? I've been talking about it for, for weeks now. The season it, finale is next week. So let us let me know what you think and if you are equally in as much love with it as I am. Last I want episode. context for, yeah, your tweet that you put out today. Dude. This motherfucking show, it just keeps going there in ways. It's so much more than the premise. It's not like you. To, it could have just been Lil Dicky's a rapper and he's trying to be a more famous rapper. It goes so much deeper than that. The characters and development they have is so good. The relationships that's like the whole show is about these relationships between like five characters and every single one of them is fleshed out so well that like when things happen, it hits, man. There was another tearjerker last night. I just can't I can't believe it. And little Dicky little Dicky himself liked my tweet. I feel very good about that. He knows <laughs> I exist. He knows I'm here. But yeah, I'm excited for you guys to watch this because I'm so bummed out we only have one episode left. But I do Is it think eight that or ten episodes? Ten. Are yeah, you but... uh, any chance that uh Joey or Nick, either of you guys watch it out, just bang it all out? Uh, There's a pretty good chance remember. that I bang it all out this week. Yeah, I need someone. I need, Tim, I need you to text me at two thirty-five p.m. on Saturday. Yeah, tell me to start watching Little Dicky. Okay, I'll know what you mean because yes. I don't. I won't remember that the show's name is Dave, but just say we'll start watching Little Dicky. I mean, I, I legitimately, I, I think that you guys are all going to love this show. I'm very. I mean, based based on the one trailer I have watched for this, I'm. It's one of those shows that I know is going to be so good. That it's going to make me jealous that I didn't have any yep. part of it. Uh, constantly, they're doing things. It's so relatable. It's like every single scene, every episode has at least one moment that I'm just like, damn, 
Like, I wish I thought of that. I wish I was that fucking clever and funny. Like, Kev, I think you're going to appreciate it a lot because I know the style of writing that you like of, especially in comedies, of setting something up and bringing it back later. This show does that so well, and it doesn't (laughs) necessarily do it on a set something up in episode three that comes back in episode nine type of thing. Mm -hmm. It's more within an episode. Mm. Every single element they put in is for a reason. Like, if they introduce a joke, it's going to have a punchline at the end. Like, it's... It's so so and a fucking good punchline, huh? And it's it's good. And it, it, the thing with that with with Dave is it's never just a joke. Like it's there's always like some real deep shit, man. I'm like, really excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I I'm hyping it up a lot, but I, I think it deserves the hype. I can't wait. I need this show to be renewed because it's so freaking good. Uh, but anyways, go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny. Let us know what you think about Dave so far. Um, which I guess by the time we're doing the next episode, it'll be, be over. Done. What what day yeah. is it? Uh, is it Mondays? It comes out Wednesdays on FX, mm-hmm. uh, but then it comes out Thursdays on Hulu. Interesting. Yeah. So, dude, FX. I kind of want to give him a shout out. Like, I'm only watching Dave on it, but I'm watching it on live TV, so I have to actually see commercials for the first time in years. <laughs> really fucking weird and fascinating. Uh, but their commercials and lineups for their shows, I'm like, these are these are kind of freaking dope. What we like, do in the don't... shadows is good. Which I yeah, think it's came like the, back this there's a ton week. of promo for that. Yeah, yeah, and like that looks really funny. There's a bunch of other shows. Like it kind of seems like a more uh, refined Adult Swim in a lot of ways. That's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when Adult Swim started doing like their actual live content, like human people. Mm-hmm. What was that called? That's, that's a live word. action. Live action. There you go. <laughs> it uh, where it was like it was just like they, they were they had too much freedom, you know. Yeah. This but, seems uh, I'm, a little I'm bit more reeled in. So cool stuff. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Kind of Funny Screencast. Uh, like I said, we'll return next week. That'll be a lot of fun. But until then, keep watching movies. Safe in your home, <laughs> friends and family.